This is a KUNV Studios original program. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host, and I'll make a few announcements, then we'll bring in Brother Oscar Robinson, who was most recently in town with his 11th annual Kevin in the Desert show. So we'll be getting with Brother Oscar shortly. In terms of announcements, I just want you guys to know that as soon as possible to uh, get these particular folks lined up, uh, William Melville, he's the housing case manager for the uh, Salvation Army, and he does veterans work. They have a veterans center out in the city of North Las Vegas, and I went out there and made a quick visit. I want to get their, their leader there. He's called the Veterans Services Coordinator, Walter Lascano. I want to get him on the show, so we're getting those lined up. Uh, so stay tuned for that. In terms of uh, condolences, surely want to— express condolences, and somehow I forgot to do that on last week's show, but we had three soldiers to lose their lives over in the Middle East, so I just wanted to express condolences to those families. And then in the U.S., we had, of course, five soldiers from from the base here that went out to Southern California and had a a major uh, incident in which uh, they lost their lives. So I'm going to talk more about both of those two uh, issues in next week's show so um, remember, we got Tony Marshall, who was also out at that service uh, center that I was telling you about out in North Las Vegas. So we want to make sure that we make contact with Tony because he's always working in the interest of veterans. So with that being said, uh, I want to bring in now Mr. Oscar Robinson. How you doing, Oscar? I'm great. How are you, Chief? I'm doing well, man. I can hear a little bit of noise, but I think our oh, engineer, oh, our engineer can deal with it, you know things happen better as much much better so how you doing oscar i'm doing great how you doing sir i'm doing well doing well look i want to give uh, have you an op- give you an opportunity to give some background to our listening audience uh give us a little bit about who is oscar robinson well uh, among uh, other things i am a producer and director of live stage productions mm-hmm. uh i came to las vegas in 1992 in 1994 I established the first professional community black theater company in Las Vegas called Platinum Productions. Mm. And before the West Las Vegas Library Theater was uh, opened in 1995, we used to do productions in the West Las Vegas Library Conference Room A and B. I remember that. Back in the day. Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) And then once I was the... I was the program specialist at the West Las Vegas Library Mm -hmm. uh, Theater. I I came before George Thomas. Okay. Before Yanni Jepe. Wow. Before Miss China Hudson, it was Oscar Robinson holding it down, baby. Oh, you have a rich history then. In fact, I sat on the uh, the building committee's board when they were getting ready to build the uh, the theater at the library. And we went round and round with the library uh, district because they wanted to give us 150 seats. And uh, myself, uh, along with Barbara Robinson, and, and who else do we have? Uh 
deceased uh, Reverend uh, Jesse Scott. We raised so much cane, man. They they gave up two ninety nine seats. They gave us two hundred ninety nine, and then they, you know, I guess you would know this kind of stuff. That in terms of uh, the backside of the theater, where all the actors and actresses and performers would would gather. You have to have so much size back there based upon the number of seats out front, which I knew nothing right. about that kind of stuff. So anyway, they said, uh, look, since we got to do that, we're going to rebid the for the completion of. We told them no. In fact, it was Lou Richardson. You remember Lou Richardson as a contract. He died a couple uh, years ago now. But we told him, no, we want, we want to keep Lou. And they, they hee-hawed for a minute, and they went on and acquiesced and gave us what we thought was the best thing to do. If you start with a, a new contractor, they got to redo this. All they had to do was redo the plans for the backside uh, and uh, build it a little bit larger, which is what they did. And, but ultimately, we had to fight, and we, uh, we won. And, and it's, I know that they're pr- planning on doing something even bigger for the library uh, in West Las Vegas, which is great. So with that rich history, how did you— uh, to begin with, Oscar, how did you get into in, into the theater business? Into theater? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell people uh, I'm not in theater. Theater is in me. Mm-hmm. It was born. I was born into it. I even know what it was. Okay. But I knew I had the gift. Uh, I, I've been performing professionally since a fi- since at the age of 15 years old. Okay. Uh, we had. I'm from Memphis, and Memphis is a very historic and a very 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 talented city. And we had a summer youth program called the Cedar Program, mm-hmm. and we would sing and dance and act. And I was like, "You going to pay me to do this? Or I do this for free." <laughs> right. And so uh, that's that launched my career. When the news pa- news cameras come out, when the papers came out, came out, they always wanted to in- interview me, and I was always the one in the paper and on the television, mm. I guess because of my, my personality and my, all of my energy. Right. And so that's how, that's how I got started. And so I studied under great leadership, great, great mentors. I had great mentors. They were simply the best. And then I decided to go to college to really learn my craft. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to Shaw University. Shaw University was, was the best stu- school to go to theater, uh, black theater, uh-huh. back in the day because Shaw University, back in the day, we used to have an organization called NATSA, National Association of Dramatic Speech and Art, where okay. all the black colleges and, and, and universities competed in theater. And we would go to Gramlin, you, mm-hmm. might, go to, you might go to Hampton, you might go to Ho- uh, Howard, and, and it was a national competition. And Shaw was always the best, even before we got there. Mm-hmm. Shaw was the best. So when mm-hmm. I got to Shaw, we ushered in some new, fresh talent from Memphis. And, and, and we wouldn't always win first, but we were always the best. They said, <laughs> they can't win every year. <laughs> well, we always the best every year. And so that's how I got started. So I'm well-trained. Uh-huh. I'm, I've studied under them. I'm well-trained. So that sets me apart from everyone else. That's very interesting because, you know, I, I know that you're very good, and I watch how you, what do they call it, when you get into whatever, there's a term for it. No, I don't want to butcher it, but when, when somebody. Internalize. I internalize what I'm doing. Right. And you you get into to whatever whatever character you're into, you 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 bring it, and I've watched you so many times and and, and bringing forth that energy, and uh, I had no idea of, of of true. I know you, I know of you, I had no idea of your actual uh, uh, formal training in this industry, which is pretty cool. And Shaw, if I'm not mistaken, is a historical black college. Shaw was the first black college founded after the Civil War. Hmm. My professors, H.B. and P.C. Cable, were the husband and wife team, and they were very dynamic. They are the ones who are responsible. If if you remember the Jeffersons show, right. the Jeffersons, right. you remember Jenny on the Jeffersons, Jenny? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
my professors taught her in high school and groomed her up. You know, that's how she got that role. So my professors were simply the best. They were husband and wife team. Oh, excellent. So you moved to Vegas and, and stayed here for a while before going back. And then ultimately you and uh, brother, man, slipping Franklin my G. Franklin G. Franklin, Franklin G. G. You guys put together and tell our listening audience a little bit more about that. In fact, I failed to uh, to see your flyer that you had sent out because I certainly will would have. And next year, we got to make sure we make contact. And I know that you've gotten uh, a lot of support from uh, Dr. Ridley here at UNLV in promoting because I did hear your spots on uh, 91.5 Jazz and more. And in between those jazz and all the rest of that good music, I did hear some promotions for, for uh, Kimmy in the Desert. So please tell our listening audience about that program. And again, how long you've been doing it? Kimmy and this is our this is our eleventh annual Kimmy and Desert series. Uh, it was uh, this year it was February 9th and tenth. Traditionally, it's always been on the third weekend in February. It's always at the West Las Vegas Library Theater. Mm-hmm. Kimmy and the Desert series was the brainchild of Miss Lisa Mosley, mm. who planted the seed in the spirit of Franklin G, who manifested what is known as Kimmy in the Desert today. It was established in 2013. Okay. In 2014, Franklin G. called me in to be the MC. Mm-hmm. But what he really needed was a stage director. Right. So in 2015, Franklin's company, Nia Productions, and my company, Platinum Productions, mm-hmm. collaborated mm-hmm. and developed what is known as Kimmin in the Desert Today. Mm-hmm. In 2019... Uh, Franklin was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Franklin had two talk shows on KCEP, mm-hmm. uh, Like It Is Radio and The Breakdown. Mm-hmm. And he was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame in 2019, mm-hmm. the day before he was inducted. He was inducted on a Friday, the day that on a Saturday, the day before he was inducted, he was in a car accident. Right. I recall that. Okay. And so, and so that was in, that was in August. Mm-hmm. We released him, and he transitioned in October 2019. Mm. And so uh, Dr. Renoka Rashidi, our first master teacher, he was transitioned in 2021 in Egypt, no less. So we honor them both. Right. And we, we request their presence and their spirit as we, as, as Kim, this is always a, at least a, a two-day series. Right. Lecture series. And so that's how it was established. Okay. Um, uh, when Kim and, when Franklin transitioned, mm-hmm. once Franklin transitioned, certain people tried to steal Kim in the desert. His right. body wasn't even cold in the ground. Mm-hmm. I will not call their names today on this platform, sure. Sure. but I will expose them at some point. Right. And so, and so when when Franklin had Kim in the desert, it was not a legal entity. Mm-hmm. Once he transitioned, it, it was that was in 2019. Now COVID hit in 2020. Right. Now after he transitioned in 2020. I started making Kim and the Desert legal. I uh, established Kim and the Desert Inc. in 2020, mm-hmm. and a couple of years ago, I established Kim and the Desert Series, which is the nonprofit uh, uh, entity of Kim and the Desert. You're, and so that's the history of Kim and the Desert. Right. You've done. You've done. You have done great work, young man, and we appreciate you. And we'll get you back on the show sometime soon because I think you have a lot to offer. And uh, don't give up the spirit, your heart, and your and your hard work for bringing that show to Las Vegas on an annual basis. We appreciate you so much, brother Oscar, and I will certainly be in touch. Keep that energy. Thank you so much. And I just want to say to Las Las Vegas, 
this is something special. It's always free and open to the general public. If you miss Kim in the Desert, you've really missed something special. You've missed a lot of information. Yes, and sir. So, and, and, and most cities would love to have opportunity to see all these master teachers come in. Right. These master teachers come in and, and have, they speak on uh, the history of Egypt and Africa. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and enlightens enlightens the community and the people need to hear it. All right, thank you, sir. We will be in touch because again, we'll get you back on the show. Thank you so much. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on ninety one point five, jazz and more. And the voice that you heard was Mr. Oscar Robinson. We will get him back on the show again to further give us some detail about Kemet in the desert. Good morning once again, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Oh, the uh, first part of our show was very exciting. We had Mr. Oscar Robinson, who did talk a lot about what he had brought to town and had been doing it for 11 years, and that's Kimmet in the Desert over at the West Las Vegas Library Theater. Very, very nice show that they put on each year. Now we're going to swing into a young man, um, Damien. And Damien Bird is a veteran. Damien, how you doing today? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing okay. So please uh, enlighten our listening audience. What branch did you serve in and how long? I was in the United States Air Force for just over 20 years. Mm, okay. I, I did, I did, I did um, about eight years and eight months and and uh, as an enlisted uh, services in the services career field, uh-huh. and I separated just before 9/11, about 20 days before 9/11, and the stop loss hit. Uh-huh. And I got out. I got out uh, to finish college. I joined uh, Air Force ROTC, and I came back in with a commission in uh, September of two th- 2002 uh, in the acquisitions career field. So you, manager. so you were an enlisted man originally, got out, went to yes, school, sir. and came back as a commission officer. That's correct. Very interesting. So what's your degree in? Uh, finance. I have, right. a, I, have a, uh, I have an undergrad and master's in finance. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So where were some of your assignments while in the military? Uh, so... I had I didn't have as many assignments as uh, the typical twenty uh, year retiree would. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first assignment was Grand Forks, North Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, and then from there I went into I went to Okinawa, Japan. Um, Grand Forks, I was there about four and a half, a little over four four and a half years, and then I, I got an assignment to Okinawa, Japan, for four years. And from there, that's where I separated uh, to to go to college, to get out and go to college. And when I came back in as a as an officer, I was in San Antonio, Texas, for about three and a half years, mm-hmm. and then I went to Los Angeles for a little over five years, and I retired out of Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia. And once again, what was your job assignment? Uh my my commission job was program manager. I was in the acquisition career field. Okay, so different materials, supplies, equipment, et cetera, for Absolutely. the servicemen yep. and women. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And where are you originally from? Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. So share with our listening audience 
what you feel you gained during your, your time in the military that helped you as you transition over to civilian life? And I should say that to our listening audience, my our oldest daughter, April, uh, hooked us up so we could uh, have this conversation. Go ahead. Yes, indeed. I'm very thankful for the connection April made with us. Uh, I, I would say, uh, especially from my enlisted days, the the Air Force prepared me, prepared me for civilian life because it just kind of uh, opened opened my eyes to to the world. Mm-hmm. Right, in all honesty, um, you know, when when you're young, and you know, I grew up in a very close family, and you know, all, all that mattered was being home and and being being around my family. Uh, but but once I got into the military and just started realizing that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm adequate, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you always have a lot of, um, you know, uh, self doubt in a lot of ways, or at least I did, right. I had some self doubt about, uh, you know, who I was as a person and some confidence issues. Uh, but as I, as I got around other people and being around people from literally all over the world and things like that, mm-hmm. I realized that it's just, you know, we're all just human beings. Right. right. And, uh, and, you know, and it, and it prepared me to learn, right. It prepared me to learn and, and lead and be receptive and really blossom into who I, who, who I really was all those years, right. When I was doubting myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it, it really, you know, you know, it, it helped me tap into my entrepreneurial spent uh, entrepreneurial spirit, honestly, uh, because I felt like once I, once I retired and having gone through the process of even getting a commission, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like I could do anything, right? I felt like I could accomplish anything in a lot of ways. So it gave me, it helped, it helped me, you know, blossom into my confidence and, and, and my leadership and, um, and yeah, I, I would say those are the two things that stand out the most. Excellent. You know, and that's a perfect segue into, uh, what are you doing right now? And we don't get into pricing and numbers and all that kind of stuff, but you uh, have some business interests that you're highly involved with. Tell us, our listening audience, about that, if you would. Sure. So I own a company with a couple of family members called Only Three Snacks, mm. and we are a health we are a health and wellness snack company, um, and and we're we're accessible to to really anyone who wants to uh, have better snacking options. Mm. You know, uh, I, 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 we're, we're, we're plant-based of course. Right. Uh, but, but the, but the thing that really sets us apart is our fantastic ingredients, right? When you listen, when you, when you look at a lot of uh quote unquote healthy snack options, um, you know, they may they may use the uh, vegan vegan uh, tagline or the plant based tagline, but if you look at the ingredients, they really don't help your body, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things I'm really proud of is every snack in our product line, all of the ingredients actually help your body. So you know, I've been a vegan for 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 nearly seven years now. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be seven years in May, and my inspiration for this snack line or this or this company was when when I converted to veganism uh back in uh May of 2017 the the hardest part of my transition was just in between meals and snacks. Mhm. So so when you uh 
started your product line, you and you say family members? Yes. So where where would one, if they wanted to, to check out your product, how would they do that? So we 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 ship online. Mm-hmm. We ship online. Uh, our uh, website is only three That's only the number three snacks.com. We also do farmers markets in the uh, Las Vegas area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I do the vegan market uh, every month at Lulu's Vegan Market, which is where uh, I met April uh, and. You know, uh, schedule permitting, I do Prevail Marketplace uh, with a gentleman named Drew as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done a couple of others, but those are those are my primary means of uh, getting my product out there. But to be quite honest, we're looking to get placed in really any anyone who's looking to expand their their healthy choice options, uh, whether that be convenience stores, mm-hmm. restaurants. Um, you know, just about uh, one place I'm really looking to get into are stadiums, right? Uh, You know, and and I know this from experience. When you go to a game, whether it's here locally or or out of town, uh, as a person who is really conscious about what I put in my body, uh, you know, these these companies and these these, uh, vendors miss out on a lot of of business because all that they have are – you know, the typical M&Ms and Snickers, Doritos, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, most of the time when I go out, when I go out, I don't, I don't buy anything because there isn't anything for me to have, right? I don't, I, uh, all of my products, I use all natural sweeteners. So I don't use sugar. I use uh, organic agave or date sugar in all of our products. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look up the benefits of those two items, uh, they're, they're much much better for you than processed white sugar. So yeah, you know, I, I, I mentioned to my wife many, many times because she's a lover of sweets, and she accused me of being the same, which I am, to be honest. For sure. But I know that uh, sugar is a main cancer causer, and there's other other things that they put into these so-called healthy products that are that are not really good for us. So for how sure. long how for long sure. have you you guys been in business? So, like like I mentioned earlier, we originally started under a new under a different LLC back in uh, 2000, uh, and we were registered in Ohio, even though operations were in the Vegas area. Okay, but we've we, we've officially uh, been registered in in Las Vegas or or the uh, Clark County area since September 30th of 2022. Mm. So we're still relatively young, uh, and and looking looking to grow and you know provide provide the public with uh, really healthy choices, right? I, you know, honestly, honestly, healthy choices. And and if I could just say one thing, the, the way that we came up with our name mm-hmm. is our original our original uh, snack, which was the, our original in sea salt. There were only three ingredients in that option: mm-hmm. uh, spelt flour, spring water, and sea salt. And all of our chips are made with grapeseed oil. So that's how we came up with the name only three and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of, you know, made it, made it our, our business name. Right. Right. No, that's, that's very interesting and uh, very cool. We have uh, a little more time. I just got uh, a little sign from my, my producer director, uh, Wes. So tell me and tell our listening audience once again, 
what was your greatest inspiration outside of you? And, and I know you mentioned that you couldn't find stuff that you wanted when you go to different places. So I know that's one. Is there anything else that, that was that inspiration for you and whomever other family members you have that got you involved? And do you have any mass production capabilities? Uh, we, we have some pretty good equipment to where we could, we could plus up. I think if, um, if, if we, if we got a pretty decent sized purchase order, we'd be able to handle it Mm -hmm. uh, pretty well. Um, uh, but the inspiration is, is just service, right? Even, even though I'm retired now, um, one of the things I've done in retirement is I've been a school teacher for, for a few years, Mm -hmm. uh, in different capacities. Uh, I've also, I've also, uh, been a basketball coach and I do a lot of uh, tra- training and private development and camps and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So even, even in retirement, I felt like I've lived, lived and continue to live a life of service. So once I kind of, uh, found this snack, um, actually in 2018, um, I, I kind of came up with the recipe in 2018. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're a, we like to say that we're a company that was born during quarantine, mm-hmm. right? Because when I, when I, when I stumbled on the recipe in 2018, I knew, I felt very confident right away that this was something that I should be selling to other people like myself. Right. But I drug my feet and I just, um, really didn't press the gas on it. But when, when the world shut down, I really didn't have any excuse. You know, we all had time. So, uh, you know, we, we started, we started our group out more as a financial, financial mentorship, uh, group with, with just five of us that led to us deciding to go into business together. Mm -hmm. And that's how it became a family business. There's only three of us now. Um, and I'm the principal owner and, and and the originator of all of our products and and recipes, but we're still we're still family based. Uh, but to to get back to your original question, yeah, just just service and you know, of, of course we all want to uh, improve financially. Uh, but in addition to that, I I believe our products actually help people, and 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 that is the story that I probably tell more than anything when I'm out at the markets is. Uh, introducing, you know, a lot of these different ingredients that, in, in all honesty, are, are not commonplace in big box supermarkets. Right. Most of most of my most of my job is convincing people uh, of the health benefits and what something like spelt flour actually is, and it's very popular with with uh, bakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's an ancient grain, uh, and it has numerous numerous health benefits. But you can use it. Uh, almost exactly the same way you use all-purpose white flour without all of the bleaching and mm-hmm. processing and all of those things. Right. So, well, yeah, that's, so that's, that's my that's my goal and motivation. Okay, great. As we wind down, uh, why don't you uh, give that website again and how people can come and and the locations where you are currently operating from? Okay, so so we process our our products out of a. Uh, out of the 4D commissary on McLeod, uh, our website is only three snacks. That's O N L Y, the number three snacks.com. You can also find us on Instagram at only three snacks. 
on Instagram, and we'll be at our next uh, vegan market on uh, on February 18th at Lulu's Vegan Market, uh, Las Las Vegas Boulevard. So you you mentioned some others. What what? Even though you won't be there right away, but there's several other locations. I thought I heard you mention. Where are they? Even yeah, though you're not there uh, yet. We, we, yeah, we'll uh, in, in March. We're go, we're looking to add to our schedule. We'll be at the uh, Cornerstone Market. Uh, we're probably even though that market is open uh, every Saturday, we'll probably do it a, a couple of Saturdays in March, mm-hmm. as well as look into getting into uh, the Dollar Loan Center as well. Okay, excellent work, yeah, young that's man. On Mondays as well. That's excellent work. I and appreciate I think, it. Thank you so much. And for sure, trying to get us all to eat a little bit healthier, I think is going to to be good for mankind. And I can tell you, your term and your word of service, I think, and I'm not a big student of the Bible. I do know a little bit. And I, I know that God wants us all to be serving one another. And I think that's important. And you wanting to do that, I think you'll go a long way. Just keep uh, staying the fight, young man, and do your yeah, best yes, to sir. keep doing it. This is Veterans Affairs. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I take that very seriously. So thank you for mentioning that. Sure. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We're signing off until next week. So you veterans out there who may have any need, Tony Marshall, he's at 301-537-9465. Tony Marshall, he's a service officer, and he does have uh, an actual office out at that North Las Vegas uh, Resource Center way out in the northwest part of town. Anyway, thank you all, and we'll talk to you next week on Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5. Jazz and-